are now listening to Shy Sox Weekly, hosted by Tony Marchese and John Suarez. Hello, everybody. Thank you for tuning into Shy Sox Weekly, brought to you by the OnTap Sports Network. I am John Suarez, joined with my co-hosts, Tony Marchese and Johnny Nani. How are we doing today, guys? What's going on? I'm doing pretty well. Hell yeah, that had a nice little ring to it, didn't it, boys? It did. It absolutely yeah. did. And uh, that's that's kind of the reason why we haven't talked since, well, before we threw a tailgate almost two weeks ago. Yeah, it was like right before Nam was the last time we talked. <laughs> <laughs> right before Nam. It, but yeah, no, that, we haven't talked. We haven't talked in quite a while. Um, the reason being was because, like you had just heard, the OnTap Sports Network, the guys have launched a podcasting sports network. So, Tone, I'm going to let you take the floor and basically introduce to our listeners who might not be already in the know of the OnTap Sports Network. Kind of give them a little phone. Perfect. So, OnTap Sports Network uh, came together between um, kind of the Shy Sox Weekly crew. And our guys over at the Outcasts, uh, Buzz and Juice, I'm sure some of you guys have heard of them. If you haven't, you're going to meet them. Kind of a collaboration effort between both little groups of guys here. And also the Four Feathers crew. Uh, Johnny and I are both uh, on Four Feathers. And uh, our guy, Ron Luce. And we got Pat Kamiski. He also writes blogs for both Shy Sox Weekly and Four Feathers. So it's a good combination. We've got a good, solid crew. And then... Um, Obviously, Buzz and Juice are coming over from the Outcast. They were previously with Sports Mockery, and now they're here. So without getting too much in-depth into everybody that, that's here, because we've got a litany of people, uh, we could talk all night about everybody's individual work. I just want to congratulate all of us um, on the effort that we've put out so far. I mean, we've got the website up. You can find it at ontapsportsnet.com. I think so far this week we've had, like, probably like 10, 15 blogs already released in the first three days on our website. Uh, we had a, uh, an intro video that uh, myself, Johnny, and uh, Buzz did. Um, that did very well. And then uh, we've had a t- we've got a guy on a TV appearance. We've had, I think, three people on Sean and Maya in the morning this week. Um, so we're, we've hit the ground running. Um, it's been absolutely awesome to see. And we're going to keep that momentum going. It's, uh, it's really fun. And uh, I hope uh, I hope everybody enjoys what uh, OnTap Sportsnet's going to come out uh, and do here in its first year as a podcast network. And cool thing we have going on here tonight is we actually have Buzz from the Outcasts, which is going to be rebranded, and he's going to tell you a little bit about that. Buzz, you're on the line. How are you doing tonight, Buzz? Oh, I'm fantastic, man. How are you guys doing? I'm, g- I'm glad to be here on Chai Sox Weekly with my guys. Like, you know, I I don't listen to a bunch of podcasts, but Chai Sox Weekly was one of them that I actually tuned into every week because I thought you guys were awesome and you guys just do great work. I'm super happy to be here, super happy to kick some beers back with y'all, be in this awesome uh, this awesome new world of ONTAP Sportsnet. So it's, it's pretty cool, man. I'm excited for this. Hey, I just heard John Suarez Cheers. down there. He cracked one. I'm going to crack one right now. It's kind of a celebratory moment, guys. Cheers to OnTap Sports. A little late on the draw, but I got mine. Yeah, (laughs) you're my friends. (laughs) Cheers. 
All right, boys. So obviously we haven't put out an episode Shy Sox weekly wise in quite some time since pre the preseason. So a lot of White Sox baseball has been played. They are currently seven and ten. Um, they've been kind of hit or miss. Uh, some specific guys are playing out of their mind, and some other guys are kind of playing really shitty. So basically, what we expected from the White Sox going in. Uh, some news out of the South Side today was after the game happened, Daniel Palka got optioned down to Charlotte based off of his early season performance. He had one hit through, I believe, 33 at-bats. Someone can correct me if I'm wrong. 35, yeah. So I did not watch the game today, unfortunately, because I was at work. So we can go. I can go off on my weekday, midday game tangent if I want to, but you guys have all heard it before. So Daniel Palka has been sent down to AAA Charlotte. The corresponding roster move will be made tomorrow. So as this episode comes out, I'm sure Ryan Cordell or someone will be called up to fill his shoes. But as of right now, Daniel Palka, no longer a member of the White Sox right now. How do you guys feel? So, John, I'm going to concede my bet with you um, <laughs> right here on air. Um, I owe you a beer or something. I, I don't know what exactly. I, I forgot. Yeah, I, forgot I don't know what it was, but I'm pretty sure when we when we see each other at the ballpark next, more on that later, um, I'll, I'll get you a beer. Uh, Daniel Palka will not lead the team in home runs. And if he does... I don't yeah, care. It's, it's 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 over already. Um, I, I'm not feeling great about that one. Um, Nani and I, we both talked about this a little bit last night. Um, we wanted to see Palka do well. I, I don't think there's anybody that was rooting against Daniel Palka. So you know, it, it it's rough, but um, yeah, it is what it is. I think he came out today and said uh, right after the demotion that he himself would have demoted himself earlier from a competitive standpoint. So he's taking it well. Uh, hopefully he gets back on track and we see him back at some point this summer. I'd say one thing about Daniel Polka is we've seen the power. We've seen a, you know, a fairly consistent and clutch power, uh, you know, with all those pinch hit home runs last year. So I believe in him to be able to go down, refresh, get his mind right, uh, get back into the groove of actually hitting regularly. Uh, you know, that's got to be completely foreign for him. Um, this little stretch that he's had to start the year here. Uh, I think that was kind of, you know, you go back to spring training and he was out for that extended period of time for those couple of weeks and he was, you know, cramping or whatever it may be. Um, but it just kind of set him back, I would say, a little bit. And now, obviously, we've seen he's gone one for 35 to start the season. Oh, I was telling Tony on Sox on Tap, tap last night that the whole ballpark's still behind him, though. Nobody's booing Daniel Polka when he goes up to the plate. So, I mean, he's a special breed there because, you know, he's a very likable guy, very close with the 108ers, all of that. But um, I have faith in him to rebound and, you know, be back up and hitting home runs in this lineup later in the year. may take a little bit, though. Real quick, for those who don't know, um, Socks on Tap is a new show. It's kind of a little bit of a sister show uh two shy socks weekly it's it's more of a daily episode it just talks about that day's games the next day's game and it's just a quick quick 20 minutes 25 minutes at most a uh, little podcast that uh, we'll have rotating guys from on tap sports net on to talk white Sox baseball with you so if you hear us referencing socks on tap that's what we're talking about you can follow that on twitter at socks on tap 
Yeah, obviously we've been super busy on our end, guys. That is why we haven't put any episodes out since the beginning of the season. But yeah, the Sox have played some games. Like I said earlier, they're seven and ten. You know, they opened up the year in Kansas City and they took two of three in Kansas City, I believe. And then they won the home opener, which was a hell of a game, and you guys were there. To this point, could debatably have been the game of the year. You know, the Sox showed their merit and I think they won by a final of ten to eight in the home yep. opener i can't remember correctly but yeah yep. that's how long, that's how long ago it was so after that the uh Sox dropped their next five games they lost their next two to the mariners which we threw our tailgate so why don't we talk about that guys we had our very first shy Sox weekly tailgate in the midst of that mariners series and it was a hell of a time that was a great time guys i, w- I just want to thank everybody who came to that and uh our guest today mr buzz you were there Oh yeah, it was a great time, man. You know, it's uh, it was cool to wander on over from uh, where was I? where was I? I was in Lot C, right? And you were in Lot B. Is that was that was yep. where we were at? Lot yeah, B, so where the magic happens. Right. So it was cool to you know wander on over there, have a couple beers, have a couple Jello shots, get a little twisty, go into the stadium, run into Suarez, and uh, you know talk uh, incoherently drunk talk about how much we love each other. I don't remember that. Yeah, so, I can see that. So I don't remember that. <laughs> so both of you guys were you two. I'm talking to you, Suarez, and and you, Buzz. You guys were like downing Jello shots faster than I think anybody else. Uh, Nani had the experience the day before. I had at least four. So yeah, John had at least four. I think Buzz, you had probably around four, three or four of them. I didn't split one with anybody though. (laughs) (laughs) We're not going to talk about who that was. We're not going to talk about who that was. Oh man. Good stuff, but uh, I would have yes. paid to that's, see that. No, that's our way. guy. That's our guy. Yeah, that's no, okay. I would have still paid to see it and laughed at your guy. There's not a shot he listens, so he, he's not. <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, yeah, the, the 108 guys dropped by. I think Beef Loaf did a uh, did a Jello shot. Um, we had a bunch yeah, of people over the over the course of those two days drop by. White Sox Dave was there on uh, Friday. Who else was there, Johnny? I'm I'm drawing a blank. Friday was Friday was a so, rough one for me. Joey Donuts yes, came Joey with Donuts. me. Uh, he had my uh, other ticket, so that was good to meet him finally. Uh, you know, interact with these people on Twitter. It's always fun to finally meet them in person. Um, he was there. Uh, we had, let's see, uh, Austin, Austin Dizik. Um, I think he brought his dad with. Uh, they were attending the home opener. We wound up Patrick, in the backseat of a car together. Yeah, Patrick Comiskey stopped by with some of his buddies. They do a huge tailgate in Lot E, uh, so that was good to see another Shy Sox Weekly contributor out there on the home opener. Yep. Um, but, yeah, I mean, just lots of people coming through. Thank you, like Tony had said, thank you to everybody who stopped by, and we are going to be hosting plenty more of those throughout the season. So uh, keep an eye out on the Shy Sox Weekly Twitter. Yeah, so we might as well drop it now while we're talking about tailgates. We have officially locked in the date for the next Shy Sox Weekly Tailgate, which is uh, happening on May 16th, just about a month from today. So plenty of time to plan ahead. I know we had had a couple people, you know, kind of get mad that we dropped the announcement somewhat late. So they didn't really have, I mean, there was plenty of people that were mad that reached out to us stating that like we didn't give it much of an advance notice. So as of tonight, we are officially locking it in. I already have my tickets. Pretty sure Tony's buying his soon. He said that he's a lock. And then obviously that's part of Nani's plan. So he's going to be there. Buzz, if you want to come, come on by. It's a Thursday night game. 
Um, the reason I'm going is it's Northwestern night, and the Sox have never done a Northwestern night. They always do, like, U of I night. I'm pretty sure they even have, like, a DePaul night. But they've never once done Northwestern night, so I really need that purple-white Sox hat. It's the whole reason I'm going. But we have a special guest for that tailgate. So I wore what? my special purple-white Sox hat just for you. It's right there, there in go. the corner. I'll, I'll wear it for you. I'm not wearing it's got, it. it's, purple it's, white the white Sox hat. symbol on it is felt because I'm pimping. Hell yeah. I love yeah. that. Okay. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. I'll be wearing so, my orange chief shirt just for you, John. No, you will too. I'm gonna probably wear a cast jersey and like a socks hat or something. We'll figure it out. But you guys sound like a bunch of hey, hang hand. on and hang on. You guys sound like a bunch of high school girls planning out what you're gonna wear. Oh yeah, well hey, sure. don't be hate, but, don't be hate you, bro. You gotta yeah. let them know, Tony. Tony, what are you wearing? Rivalry. What what am I wearing? I don't know. I might be wearing one of them brand new on tap sports net shirts. Ooh, I'm wearing, I'm wearing khakis. I like that. All right, before we get way off the rails here, what goes hand-in-hand hand with Northwestern and the White Sox, guys? Shy Sox well, yeah, Chanda? Shy, Shy Sox Chanda, of course. That's like the the Kmart version. But we got the big, <laughs> we got the big kahuna of White Sox and Northwestern fans coming. Wait a second. Special, what? Are, are, you t- are you calling yourself a Kmart version of White Sox Dave? <laughs> no, but Dude, like, oh, in, terms of, in terms of Northwestern and Sox fans, you think of Dave before you think of me. <laughs> so, like, you think of Walmart before you think of Kmart. That's not true at all. I think of you first. I, I, I view you as Target and Dave as Walmart. <laughs> okay. <laughs> More people Buzz shop Peter. at Walmart, man. We, need, we, need we, we only brought Buzz on the night so he can make John feel better. Just about try, I'm yeah. trying. I'm trying. When, when he just called himself the Kmart, I did, it, self-confidence had to be down. I had to talk him back up. You are Target, my friend. I need a, I need a, I need, I need a, I need a shirt with Jonda's face on it that says Kmart version of White Sox Dave. Yeah, Dude, no, it's coming. We're not starting that. That's <laughs> right. coming. And that's what happens when you ramble on about a certain topic for too long. So moving on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, before we get extremely off topic here, we're going to talk about the rest of the games the White Sox have played. So they ended up dropping that series in Seattle. Like we had said, they won the opener and they lost the following two. So after that, the Rays rolled into town for one of those awesome weekday, midday series. And the Sox ended up getting swept in Avi Garcia's homecoming. So... Honestly, there's not too much to talk about that besides Tyler Glass now has filthy shit. Austin Meadows is pretty ridiculous. The Rays definitely won that trade, and I still wish Tommy Pham was on the White Sox. But other than that, the Sox got completely dominated start to finish in that series. They ended up going to New York after, and Tone, I'll let you take it away because I don't want to ramble too long. But, yeah, they had a pretty good series in New York, so how about we hear about that? They did, and it was bookended by really good games, and then the middle game was just absolutely terrible. Um, Ridiculous. yeah, you, you love going into New York and taking two out of three from the Yankees. I think anytime you would do that is just a wonderful series for the White Sox, but that middle game guys, I don't know, just, it, you almost felt like it was about to spiral out of control. Cause they didn't even put anything up. There was zero fight in that game. I don't know. Let's just go around and, uh, and talk about our, our thoughts on, on both the Rays series and the Yankees series real quick. I'm going to start with, uh, our guy buzz. Well, as far as the Yankees series goes, I mean, the middle game that you brought up was a pitching duel for a while. That was the CC Sabathia against the uh, Ivan Nova game. And throw a perfect game. You know, he looked. You know, Nova looked real good, and uh, you know, obviously it it started coming unraveled there. Um, CC he pitched a pretty good game. You know, it's really crazy to see how CC Sabathia is still doing what he's doing. I know it's his last season in the in the bigs. 
but I just can't wait for him to get away from the white. He's been a White Sox killer forever, and I'm just I'm very happy for him to and leave. Brad, that was his first start of the Sorry. season. He yeah. had just been activated off the injured list. Exactly. So I mean, it's just um, you know, as far as that game went though i thought nova did really good and this is i think tony and i talked about this it was just another good nova start it was his third start correct uh on that guys i I believe it was that was his third start and you know his first start he looked real crisp he just didn't have the uh the support and then obviously what happened on uh, that middle game with the yankees with the whole race series that i don't like avi garcia and i'm not gonna lie to any of you guys like i don't care that he's a former white Sox. i just hate him because he had the potential (laughs) to be really good and he was always hurt and it's just, I can't stand dudes like that. So, um, you know, it's just, but that, that raised series sucked. I mean, we get swept, you know, um, Blake Snell was in the first game, right? Am I right on that? Yep. Yeah. He just went to the IL. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he, boy, he, damn, he, he took us to town. He's probably hurting so bad for, you know, pitching. A hell <sighs> yeah, of a game I, against think he us. Bro- I think he broke his toe or something. I don't even know, but yeah, he's so, on the IL for a little bit. Yeah. You know, Blake Snell had a really good game against us and it, there wasn't really many positive takeaways from that series, obviously, because, you know, individual stats mean whatever, but as a team effort, there's not much to take away because we obviously were swept in that. So, um, but other than that, you know, throughout these last couple series, it's nice to see the White Sox winning games, you know, um, doing real well. Uh, Yoan Makata and Tim Anderson is what we talked about on Sox on Tap on the inaugural Sox on Tap episode with Tony and I. Those guys are looking great. So that, those are my positive takeaways. My negative takeaways are sometimes a bullpen and all the time Ricky Renteria. You just brought up a really interesting name that's definitely going to be in the headlines today and tomorrow and Tim Anderson. So we're going to get to that in just a minute when we talk about the Royal Series. But yeah, like you had said, Ivan Nova has had three total starts, two, you could say quality starts because that's what they qualify as. But I would say two outstanding starts in which in which the White Sox have an L for both of them. Is Ivan Nova the new Jose Quintana? I was just going to say that. I was just going to ask that same question, John. Maybe, but (laughs) where I'm at with it is that our defense and our bullpen is going to end up costing us a lot of games down the road, and it showed in the first couple weeks of the season. So many games it's already cost us. I'm going to argue argue that it's not our bullpen that's going to cost us. It's our bullpen management because we have such a lockdown end end of that bullpen. When you get to Herrera and Calame, it's lights out. I don't think anybody's blaming those guys. They can't pitch every night, though. I know they They, can't pitch every night, and they're going to need more options, but sometimes you just walk that that danger line, and I think they did that today where they should have went to Herrera a little bit sooner, and you start screwing around with some of these guys. It's like, you know, why is Ruiz in the game when you're that close? I I know some of these guys are taxed right now, but you have a chance to just take another division game. Janda, you've said this over and over and over and over again. Super important, especially this year. Right, most right. Like here, most here was a chance to you know put the Royals back another game, and the Sox could you know steal a game right here in this series. Yeah, I like taking two out of three from the Royals, but let's bury them. Let's not just let them hang around in games like this. You know, you, you start screwing around hey. with the Ruizes. Even Nate Jones is in my in my shit list for for pitchers who shouldn't be out in crucial situations anymore. Hey, that's um, Big Zim's guy. Calm down. Hey, Big Zim's. I'm Jesus. sorry, but it's it's just not happening anymore. He's trash. Like, yeah. I feel like dude. they should have. <laughs> I feel like they should have acquired somebody else in the bullpen. I don't yeah. know about you guys. I I know it, it's so frustrating. I think you got to a point there with the bullpen management, Tony. 
I think that's like the thing that's going to irk us the most because, you know, you don't want to like tax these guys completely. But then again, at some point, you got to step on the throat. Our good friend Pete Han likes to talk about, you know, actually knowing how to win. Do they? I mean, what, what did we just talk about with them right before we went on air, Tony? They are who we thought they were. You got to feel like, you know, you we've been talking about with that with Pete for a while now. Yeah, we well, let I'm him saying off like, the hook. yeah, we let exactly. We literally let him <laughs> off the hook today. And that was, uh, you know, uh, it sucks. It sucks to watch. And it's because we can't go to our best guys. And that's, uh, you know, it's frustrating. It's frustrating as a fan because you just obviously you want them to win every single game. That's why I we're feel fans. this comes down to like Juice and I argue about this all the time, Nani. And, and I want you guys to tell me just real quick. I know this is your thing. I'm not trying to step on your toes or anything like that. But like, do you think the manager makes a difference? Because Juice and I argue about this all the time. Yes. Juice doesn't think it does. He if thinks he the has... GM builds that team and you can't mess it up. Mm. I think the manager, I mean, some of the calls that Ricky has made this year has blown games. Nani, we were talking about this before. And I, it is so infuriating to me. I, I, I get so mad. And, like, Ricky Renteria might be a good dude, but I'm not in the business to be making friends with these guys. As a manager, he literally – he has taken years off my life from pissing me off so bad. Hey, you want to see a game sure where the, man, the, manager, the manager loses it? Go back to the first game of that Cleveland series. That's all I'm going to say. You can go back and watch it for yourself, and that is prime example of how a manager can negatively affect a game. So, yeah, so, it doesn't matter. So you just brought a, a point to my attention where we had let the sweep fall through the cracks today. We easily could have swept the Indians in Cleveland at the beginning of the season. And I know it's just a two-game set, but if you pull two of two from Cleveland, the reigning division champ, that's you asserting yourself, saying, oh, hey, geez. don't take us lightly. Like The Sox are in a position this year to win a good amount of interdivision games and kind of let everybody know, hey, we're coming. And, and they did that game. You know, Yoan Mankata with that clutch-ass double against the Indians – and then that other game against the other game against the the Yankees when we had Eloy, you know, bursting onto the scene. We these yeah. young studs are already they're already coming to play, and we just don't have the pitching to support it, and it sucks. Someone posted a, a picture today, and the White Sox have ranked in the bottom ten of the league for the last almost decade in pitching. It's pathetic. like nine years. It's bad. It's bad. And, and you know what's yeah. funny? You, you get a lot of homers that'll sit there and say that Don Cooper is going to fix it's people. The man, and like, and and the weird part is, for a majority of those seasons, you had the staff with Chris Sale. You had the staff with Jose Quintana. You had like decent. You had uh, David decent. Robertson. You had Robertson. You had Nate Jones when he was good. You, yeah, you had everybody back then that has put up good pitching stats for the White Sox. But yeah, we still Jake have Peavy for a little bit, and he wasn't too bad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he had like. A decent season and a half, but like I mean, decent season and a half is better than nothing. It's better That's than the nothing. That's the first literally. Jake Peavy mention on Chai Sacks Weekly. Period. Hey, Honestly, it is. I got, I got on names the Frank for y'all, Thomas man. episode, episode thirty-five, which we didn't even mention earlier. Oh we yeah, finally, first Jake Peavy reference. Yeah, but episode yeah. thirty-five, guys. Frank Thomas. Happy for Frank Thomas yeah. episode. <laughs> Big hurt. Hey, when when that kind of got lost in the wind, I know we can sit here and you know complain about the way things are going all we want here, but we do need to touch on some positives, and John brought it up very quickly, but let's get to Eloy hitting his first two bombs in that monsoon on Friday night at New York um, at Yankee Stadium. That's a pretty sweet place to hit your first MLB home run. They play two of them. Um, that was a rain-shortened game, but hey, I, I put out a tweet, I said, well, the uh, the rain has established itself as the most effective White Sox shutdown bullpen piece. 
<laughs> so we get we got a little assist there, but hey, that's always good to see. You know, Eloy uh, finally breaking through there. Um, unfortunately, we haven't seen the first home bomb. I've been at all the games I've been at. I've been you know up with the phone recording, so I want the video of it uh, from my angle. But uh, we haven't seen it at home yet. But uh, that was just great to see him finally break out because you feel like if that lasted a little bit longer, the pressure is just on even more. Um, and sure, he struck out a lot, but when you look at it, his average really isn't that terrible. He's in like the two, like, you know, 270s. Yeah, 270s, like, range. So uh, I feel like that could have added a lot more, and he could have even seen a more of a, you know, a slump down he's, there. So he's, he's, was, I think I uh, saw a stat that he's the first White Sox player in over 30 years to record six multi hit games in his first 12 games as a White Sox. So that's a positive for me. Encouraging. Yeah. No, that's yeah, definitely encouraging. The is there. You know, all the talent is there for Eloy um, and, you know, him hitting, like you said, Nani, him hitting the home runs in New York. That was huge. And that was huge, not just for us White Sox fans, but for him, you know, especially doing it in a Mecca place like New York, you know, like where the Yankees play, obviously, you know, in, in a huge baseball town. And he gets to showcase, you know, to the immortal fans, you know, how everybody loves New York. Well, everybody pretty much hates New York, but you know what I mean? Doing it where the Yankees are, man, and hitting a hitting a home run, two home runs in Yankee Stadium was huge, and I'm glad he got that monkey off his back, and hopefully he, you know, keeps raking. You know, two seventies isn't bad for Eloy Jimenez coming up in his first year. I know he's striking out, I know he's chasing that slider, but he looks real damn good. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree with you 100%, Buzz. So, like we had said earlier, we're going to talk about White Sox positives. My positive so far has been Yoan Mankata's strikeout rate has been alarmingly different than it was last year when he broke a record for strikeouts in a season. Yoan Mankata has, I, I don't know if this still stands, but a couple days ago, he has still not struck out looking this entire season, which is insane compared to last year when it seemed like he was getting bit by and I was just talking about this on Sean and Mai. He was literally getting bit by his eye. His best part of his game was hurting him. So he's a lot more aggressive at the plate. First pitch hunting, a lot of the Sox are. I honestly think Leary Garcia literally just wants to hit the first pitch he sees every single time he's up to bat. He does. <laughs> so, he does. Yeah. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with that. If pitchers are being aggressive, hitters are aggressive, and you get good results. If you get good results 30% of the time, you're doing a great job. So that's what makes baseball so special. Yoan Mankata has been doing great more than 30% of the time, and that's what makes Yoan Mankata so special right now. So let's talk a little bit about Yoan Mankata, guys. He here's, just had a multi-home run game yesterday. Go ahead, Tom. Here's a, here's a good stat for you guys. Yoan Mankata is not in the top 10 in MLB leaders for strikeouts this year, and both Javi Baez and Fernando Tatis Jr. are. Who won the Chris Sale trade? You tell me. Chris yeah. Sale's broken as fuck right now. <laughs> <laughs> he is. He, he has been. He has been rough to start the season. He had, had came out with like some comments yesterday of saying it's embarrassing for him, his fans, the family, team, you know, all of that. So uh, you know those red yeah, sock jerseys no, with, with, so. with the big red sock going across. You know yeah. which one I'm talking about. If yep. he ever has to wear those, he better have some scissors ready. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to see another meltdown like that so they can experience yeah. out there. And I, I do want to point out real quick about Chris Sale that he did help Boston get a World Series. Yeah, I think you people know? are forgetting what happened a few months ago. <laughs> yeah, me too, but I do agree just I, because I'm a, I'm a homer that Chris Sale sucks and the White Sox <laughs> won the trade. 
I, yeah, see, that's that's what we're all about here, and I I didn't I hope that joke part of this kind of segment didn't go over your head because we're not being serious, of course. No, I know that. Chris Sale's an elite pitcher, and he's going to get just, it's, it's just <laughs> awesome that Yoan Mankata is actually playing at his star potential that we had all envisioned when we obviously traded the best pitcher in. I, you could go as far as saying White Sox history easily. Let him go for. Yohan Makata, and then, I mean, we got we obviously got Luis Kopech. Yeah. We got Basabi. Basabi's seems like he's going to be a minors raker for a while. But, I mean, it's nice to see one, at least one of the pieces panning out. I mean, Kopech was showing us flashes last year, and we don't know how the surgery is going to affect him until we see it firsthand. But if Yohan Makata can pick up some of the slack from that trade, that would be really nice. Because that absolutely isn't looking too high right yeah. now. Absolutely, I was at the game last night when Yoan uh, had you know multi home run game. It's just one was opposite field, other one he pulled. Um, just so much fun to watch. He's got such a pretty swing. It reminds me of not the exact same, but it reminds me of shades of Ken Griffey Jr. I don't know if you guys yeah. get that same vibe when they put like a side by side up. I saw a video probably about a week or two ago where someone had actually done that and put the Griffey swing. Um, it, it's it, it's very, very pleasing as a Sox fan to see that. You know, I think it's what's helping him is some of the pressures off. Uh, you know, you come up and you're the number one prospect and you're getting, you know, all this hype around you. And it's kind of hard to live up to that hype, especially when you're, you know, 22, 23 years old. Uh, I mean, if he was struggling now, I think, you know, this would be an emergency SOS situation that we'd be talking about and we'd be freaking out every single time we record here. But like John had said, very, very encouraging from Yoan Mankata. So Yeah, so Yoan's 22. I think he turns 23 like next month. And the only reason I know that is because he's only like a month older than me. I'm pretty sure he's got a May birthday. So, but yeah. So Yoan Mankata did leave today's game uh, after taking a ball to the head. Um, and I just did a little quick research on it. He did test negative for a concussion, so we'll see. we gotta we gotta monitor that a little bit. Um, good news there, but I, I'm wondering if they give him a day off after that. He did stay in the game a little bit after he took that ball to the head, um, but he was lifted for uh, Polka pinch hit, um, midway through that game. So, um, good news that he's not going to be out. Hopefully for an extended period of time, but uh, scary moment there because. Like you guys have been saying, I mean, this this is a breakout year for him, and we would not like to see him go down with any sort of injury right now. So uh, it seems like crisis avoided on, on that front. Yo, Mankata obviously been playing hot. You don't want to see the injury bug bite him right now, so let's hope for the best that that ends up being nothing serious and we could even see him this weekend in Detroit. I don't know. I Honestly, that was the first I heard of that. Like I said, I hadn't seen the game today. So I also heard that Lucas Giolito left the game a little bit early with an injury, mm-hmm. so that's also something to monitor moving forward. Um, the Sox, I don't know really who. I mean, they sent Fulmer back down to start starting, and I'm assuming that they're going to call him up for a starting stint at some point this year, but I doubt they want to rush that. So if Giolito goes to the DL, it would probably be like Banuelos filling in or a guy I, like Kobe. I would guess, or a guy I would like guess Kobe Banuelos. getting called up. Yeah, so that would stink. Don't want to see that. I'd rather see Giolito out there than Banuelos, as much as it sucks to say that. But... We were, we were trying to talk positive, so let's let's keep the positive train going. We're going to talk about the best batter in the American League in all of MLB right now, and that's Tim Anderson. He has been on an absolute tear. 
He had a 10-game hitting streak to start the season. Um, he ended up ending that streak in New York, but since he has picked it right back up where he left off on that day, and Tim Anderson has been probably the most, not even surprised, but he's been the most pleasant player to watch on the White Sox. Yeah, Timmy's been great. Um, you know, he, uh, he's been batting, obviously, you know, very, very well. Um, he was over 421. He's 424. He had a two-run bomb today. Uh, and, you know, after that, it was ejected or whatever from Joe West. That's a topic for later. Um, but Timmy's uh, been can, playing we great. We can talk about that right now. Yeah, he's let's stealing. get into Tim Anderson stuff. <laughs> yeah. He's stealing bases. He's hitting the ball. Um, you know, Tim has been by far the best uh, player on the offensive player on the White Sox this year. Um, I just really want Tim to take his time more in the field. And uh, it's something that we had talked about on tap as well, on Sox on tap. But um, he, he's been so, so good, so electric. And, you know, it, it hypes me up, man. You know, like and it gets me so hyped because it's finally like, you know, seeing the fruit of the labors paying off, right? You know, you're seeing Tim do good. You're seeing Yohan do good. You know, when Rodon comes out and has a good start, Lucas was looking good today before he left with the hamstring tightness. This, you know, it's it's fantastic, man. Everything's coming together, and uh, I can finally say that after last year, after the hundred losses last year, I was pretty much down and out. But I can finally say that it looks like everything's coming together. Tim Anderson looks to be coming uh, quietly, you know, becoming a, a a leader for this team. You know, even though again he lets his emotions get the best of him a lot, but. He seems to be becoming like a leader of this team, and you know uh, he's taking the role offensively and being the guy. So I, nothing but respect there. Yeah. So you had mentioned it briefly that Tim Anderson got ejected today. So I'm gonna let Tone or Johnny take the floor because they actually watched the game, and I did not get to see the game. I watched like why he got ejected and everything. But why don't you guys go ahead and go in depth about what happened today against Kansas City? Johnny, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you take this real quick first. Because I've got a rant, and I don't want to kill the I don't want to kill the positive vibes, but I've got some negative spins to this at the end of it. Yeah, so this was a situation where Tim Anderson hit a home run, two run home run, and he had a big celebration. He turned back towards the dugout, popped the bat back towards the White Sox dugout, and yelled at Yolmer, who was standing right at the top steps. So let's go, like you know, getting the boys amped up, rounds of bases, whatever. Comes up to bat his next time in the uh, sixth inning, I believe. And it's still Keller in the game, and he plunks him right in the butt. Comes in, you know, it, it was not even close. You know, he meant to do it. Totally intentional. Everyone can see that. And Timmy wasn't, he wasn't about to charge the mound. Uh, he just kind of, you know, was walking towards first, but still kind of jawing back and forth with Keller a little bit. Um, Maldonado catcher for the Royals got in and then, you know, Timmy was like, you know, like, you know, hitting him on the chest saying, uh, you know, it's, it's okay. I'm going to take my base. I'm going to take my base, but they were still kind of back and forth. And then next thing you know, bench is clear. Everyone's coming out, spilling out onto the field, sea of blue, sea of black out there. Um, Jose Abreu held Timmy back for the most part because, you know, Tim was going to be on first base. It would have been nobody out. Uh, obviously, you want him in a position to be able to steal that base there. So he got kind of got held back down the third base line by Jose. And the teams came together, um, and it, it kind of separated for a little bit. They were still out there, but kind of just jawing at each other. And then Joe West came up and wanted Ned Yost to get his team off the field. So Yost was taking his time doing that, and Ricky did not take uh, exception to that. He was uh, he was a little bit upset, and Ricky then directed 
uh, the Kansas City players to get off the field and or shut up. So that uh, led to a little bit of a shoving match between Ned Yost and Ricky Renteria. Um, it eventually all got sorted out, but Tim Anderson was ejected. Rick Renteria was ejected. Um, and then a bench coach for the Royals was ejected along with, um, let's see, there was, uh, who else? Oh, and then, uh, Keller himself too, the, the pitcher, he also got ejected. So, uh, it was a little bit of a sloppy situation out there. Unfortunately, Timmy had to leave, uh, Jose Rondon came in to replace him, but, uh, I mean, I, Tony, uh, I'll let you uh, start on your rant. I, I gave you the rundown there. I, I think what Timmy did with the celebration, I think that's fine. You know, you're seeing that a lot more uh, frequently in baseball. It's becoming more commonplace, and the whole unwritten rules thing is kind of dying out. But, Tony, you can uh, go ahead and fire away. All right. So, first off, thank you for the for the intro to the, to the rant here. This isn't going to only be about Tim Anderson, Joe West. This is going to be about the White Sox as a whole. Um, first off, I agree. What Timmy did, perfectly fine. I love Tim Anderson's swag. When he when he when he hits a home run, I want to see him piss the other team off. I want to see him get underneath everybody's skin. I love this type of baseball. This gives the Sox personality. The Sox have lacked personality so severely over the past like five years, even longer than that. They've lacked that kind of fire. And we talked about this last year when, when Shy Sox Weekly was just John and I. We talked about how much we loved Tim Anderson's game. Even before he was playing this type of baseball, he was still playing with passion, playing with fire. I love it. I love having that asshole on our team. I love that it pisses other players off. I love that it pisses other teams off. You see what he's doing? It, the The... The animosity between Stroman and Tim Anderson. Like, I love the fact that this guy's got passion. And seeing something like this today out of Timmy, love it. Can't get enough of it. I want that type of energy in a baseball game. This was actually the most entertaining White Sox game I've watched in a long time. Up until the point where they screwed it up. I tweeted it out during the game today. These are the type of games that can set a tone for a team. This is the type of game that can bond a team together. When your manager's out there willing to throw punches for you, you win that ball game. And this is what pisses me off about this team. We talk about it with Pete Hand, Johnny. Does this team have the will to win? You know, it's a hawkism. It's kind of cliche here. But you go out and you win this game. We talk a lot about Ricky Renteria and his bullpen usage. You guys kind of touched on this when we were going over some negative stuff. I watched what Don Cooper did with this team after Ricky exited, and I actually question right now whether or not Ricky's even calling the shots with any of the pitchers because look who came out right after Ricky got tossed. You got the, you know, like we talked about it earlier. I would have gone right to Herrera, right into Calame, and shut that game down. This is the type of game where you win not only that, when you get into the, I mean, we had two opportunities over the next two innings to go put runs on the board. And you see the middle of your order, Abreu, Alonzo, and Eloy go down without even putting a sack fly out there to score one run. And that's all they needed to do. And then go shut the ball game down. 
when I see something like this happen, it's extremely disappointing. It makes me furious because you win that game, you go out there and you win it for Tim Anderson, you win it for Ricky Renteria. Apparently, Ricky's boys do quit because if Ricky Renteria is not in the dugout, you don't have anything. They completely shut down after that, and it's so disheartening to see something like that. You could have stomped on the Royals right here. You could have set the tone and gone on from there. You've seen games like this that have that animosity, that playoff-type atmosphere, and it just seemed like right after that the Sox just laid down. They weren't able to do anything. You know, Which yeah, is upsetting. It's just you know. so upsetting. It's so upsetting to me. It, it, it makes me drink. It makes me crack beers. <laughs> Ricky's boys turned into Donnie's boys. Yeah, Ricky's Ricky boys turned into Donnie's boys. I want to. I, I don't know if this has been talked about though. It, is that's Don Cooper there now managing some of that that bullpen? How much influence does he have over who Ricky's calling out? Because I would never have gone to Ruiz in that situation. He just thinks that he fixed everybody, so he's like, "Oh yeah, his fastball's looking better. I'm gonna go grab Ruiz." Yeah, but <laughs> you know, my point. My point is here is that you know Don Cooper's been around for such a long time. You know how much how 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 much he's influence done, does he have on on some of this bullpen usage? Because what I saw today, if you're the pitching coach, you go to your best guys here in a game like that that's got that kind of heat. That's what I'm. That that's what I'm saying is you need to go to your best guys, and I thought for the longest time that maybe Ricky Renteria could be the problem. He just doesn't know how to manage his bullpen, and then today for some reason, when it was Don Cooper calling these shots, I really started to change my tune on who actually needs to go here. Okay, so that was essentially the whole the whole uh, the whole rant coming together at the end with that last sentence there was Tone basically saying that he's had it with Don Cooper. and I have had it with Don Cooper. Today was the, That's my final straw. I'm with you, man. I'm definitely with you. I've had, very, I've had multiple instances where I've been like, all right, everybody thinks Don Cooper is the man because he's had some good reclamation projects and he's fixed a couple of picture, pitchers. I said pictures. He might, he might have fixed a, fixed a few pitchers too. Or pick, oh, my God, that's an awful sentence. That's a blooper episode sentence. What in the hell are you doing? He might have fixed a few pictures too, but he's fixed a couple of pitchers in his time with the White Sox, and he's done a decent job on some guys, you know, Miguel Gonzalez had a decent little see. Oh, oh, Tone's taking shots. He's mad. <laughs> Cheers, Tone. <laughs> but that's my fire Don Cooper shot right there. Yeah, fireball for fire Don Cooper. Tone's gonna make it a thing. But I don't know. I'm not a hundred percent done with Don Cooper. I don't like the direction in which the pitching staff is going under Don Cooper, but I feel like, like we had talked about this on a previous Shy Sox Weekly episode, how much of that blame is actually Don Cooper's, especially when you get to the minor league levels. We had talked about it before. How much of an impact is he actually making on guys, like even the younger guys? Like, is he going to fuck up Dylan Cease, like guys like that? That's when I would really want to get rid of Don Cooper. When he starts to fuck, I mean, honestly, Don Cooper could have easily ruined Carson Fulmer for all we know, but at the same time, the Sox have still produced decent pitching while under Don Cooper, especially with like Chris Sale went from Keith Law told him or said he was never going to be anything. He was only a bullpen piece and he was going to fizzle out. Drive line will got fix a perennial, him. Yeah, now you got a oh, word. Now you got a perennial Cy Young winner that had six to seven years of Don Cooper being his coach. 
of his upbringing. So you can't always sit there and say it's 100% on Don Cooper, but I do get where you're coming from. So I'm not going to shot your takedown like entirely, but I, I'm not done with Don Cooper like you are. I'm sorry, Tom. No, everybody's entitled to their own opinion. I, I, I'd yeah, be exactly. curious. That's what I'd, makes this show so awesome. Yeah, no, I'd be curious to see what uh, what Buzz and Johnny have to say on that. Don Cooper, man, I, I, nah, I'm not all about him. I'm not all about the, the Rick Rentree either. I'm not gonna yeah, lie, to you guys. The whole you know, stuff. It's um, <laughs> when you win in this town, you know, whether it whatever team it is, um, for some reason you're cemented in this legacy that you can't be touched well your days are over don cooper it's not 05 anymore right we're in 2019 now that's where we're at people need to realize this um yeah chris sale and q they did real well we had a lot more pitchers on our staff than just those two guys that show elite level talent it hasn't just been those two guys um you know i as far as don cooper goes i could do without um i think he's arrogant uh from listening to him on six, seven, his score. I think he's an arrogant guy. I, I think that he thinks that he's better than he is. And for what the white Sox records have shown for the last decade, you you're nothing, you know, cause you have done nothing. What have you done for me lately? Not have what you'd done for me in 2005. That's what people need to realize. As far yeah. as Rick Renteria goes again, I just don't think he's that guy to lead a team to the promised land. Maybe he's Doug Collins. If you guys don't know that reference, that's the guy that uh, was the coach for the Bulls before Phil Jackson took over. I don't know. Obviously, you're going to see the White Sox come up with a, a plethora of young talent real soon. And I think we need to have the right guy in place to get these young kids to learn how to win. Because it's cool when you have talent and you're hitting 420 and you're hitting home runs. Or it's cool when you're like the number three pos- prospect in baseball and you're hitting the ball. But when you're losing, you're learning a, lose, a losing culture, and that's not what you want. And that's, but I mean, who knows? Again, this might not change because there's guys like Jerry Reinsdorf that own the team. There's, you know, there's uh, Rick Hahn and and Kenny Williams, and I, I'm a I'm a Rick Hahn supporter because he's he's done what I wanted him to do. Stop overpaying for over the over the hill free agents. Stop trading for those kind of guys and and rebuild. But as far as Ricky and Don go, they're not the guys to lead a team to a World Series. That's my opinion. Nani, what you got? Uh, I, I think it may be past Don Cooper's time. Um, I, I think you guys feel a little bit more passionately about it. Um, I just kind of, I mean, I'm sure there are plenty of replacements. I just can't think of one off the top of my head. So I don't want to go and say this guy needs to go today. He needs to go yesterday and not have a legitimate um, someone who's going to work well with these upcoming arms like Cease, like Kopech, um, you know, like any of these guys that are going to be coming up, a Zach Birdie when he's finally healthy and coming back. Um, I, I just don't have that answer right now, but I, I do agree with you, Tony, in the management aspect of it. The who is really calling the shots here, and does Don Cooper have any say? Is it just Ricky uh, picking off of the sheet of who threw the least amount of pitches most recently? That's honestly what it seems like. Um, I, you know, here's one thing that gets to me just about bullpen use in general. You get the crowd, and I understand it by the numbers statistically, you know, with the bullpenning crowd of having openers and like this and that, but then, you know, fully utilizing a bullpen and, uh, you know, using a guy for one batter or something like this, you know, bullpen by committee. You really need to have everyone top to bottom be really solid in that bullpen. Then if you can trust all of them in those situations, you know what I'm saying? Whereas 
something like today, it's like, sure, you're like, oh, well, you can't tax these guys so much. But if I'm going by your numbers game, bullpenning people, then we should obviously use our best pitcher here in this instance that's right in front of us. It's going to give us the best percentage to win the game later on. So, I mean, it uh, it, it frustrates me. And, I mean, part of it is bullpen guys underperforming. Look at a guy like Jace Fry. Um, I had hyped him up on Chai Sox Weekly before the season. Um, I did too. And, yeah. charge. I mean, you know, after last season, though, we had we had all all the you know reason in the world to be excited about this guy and think that he was going to be a really, really solid seventh inning ish guy. I would say you agree with that, John? No, 100 percent. He definitely looked like he was coming into I wouldn't I wouldn't go as far as saying like an Andrew Miller type, but he definitely looked like he could have been the but guy that, to lock down that and, seven through. And eight, it was a, six, it was a, it was a. Yeah, exactly. And it was a wipeout slider that missed bats. So, you know, you get those underperformers, but you got to be able to go to your best guys then. And uh, I know no off day here. So that's may have played a factor into those decisions. But I would say, yeah, Coop's time is probably limited here. And if we see too much more of this, then it uh, it could be at some point during the season. But then again, you think about like the loyalty that they have kind of like blind loyalty to these guys, just cause they've been here just cause they did that. in 05. you know, you go back to Brad's point. What have you done for me now in 2019? Well, Don so, Cooper well, hasn't done anything for anybody lately. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you know, the, the last thing he did, I think we can honestly say is Tommy Canley. I was going to, I was going to ask like, what's the last Don Cooper reclamation yeah. project. Yeah. And there's really not that many that come to mind. Tom, Tommy Canley, 2017, was kind of all over the place before that, and we were able to flip him. Granted, it was a uh, package deal. He was sent with Frazier and um, David Robertson to the Yankees, but you know we got Blake Rutherford back in that trade. So, I mean, that's about the last one I can think of, though. If you're dog asking, dog shit again. I don't even. I don't even think he's on the Yankees. I think I'm pretty sure he's in Scranton, dude. I don't even think yeah, he's in no, at the major league level. He had a good run for about the rest of that 2017 season in the beginning of like 2018, but other than that, he's been bad. So such such is the life of a major league reliever reclamation project. Uh, it's insane. Yeah, this is, I feel like this is going to be a running topic, guys. Uh, we could be hit to death here, but do we want to get on to the games ahead before we uh, quick hit buzz? Yeah, we need well, to get, hold we, up. First, we're going to drop the who's hot, who's not, which we've kind of touched on briefly. But I do okay. want to get like we I want to bring this back into like Shy Sox Weekly regular because this was something that we were doing every single year or every I was about to say every single year. We've done one year, every single episode last year. So very briefly, the who's hot, who's not of the week. Obviously, we've talked about it a ton, but Tim Anderson over the over the season, course of the season, he's currently hitting 424 with the 443 OBP. He has a 797 slugging percentage, which makes for a plus 1,000 OPS, which the Sox did not have a single player last year. So that's great to see. Four home runs, 12 RBIs. He's 6 for 6 on stolen bases. He has one walk to 12 strikeouts. Uh, Would like to see the walk rate grow up, but if you're getting on base with hits that often, it really doesn't matter. So moving on, Yohan Mankata is hitting 333 with 370 OBP and a 797 uh, slugging percentage, which also makes for a plus 1,000 OPS, which, I mean, if we can get these guys going like that all year, we got two all-star candidates on our hands. Like I said, five home runs, 16 RBIs. He's got two stolen bases, four walks, and 17 strikeouts. Um, Who is not hot? 
We talked about it a ton. Daniel Palka. So obviously this isn't going to matter as much moving forward, but he was one one for 35 and 35 at bats. That one came today. So it was a very long streak before he got to that one. Uh, He had six walks to 15 strikeouts. Correct me if I'm wrong. I believe the one was a double. Single. Single Single today. Broken bat single today. Yep. Broken bat single. Okay. Yeah. So so I, I, I... I just want to really quick, I want to shout out the Sox side boys. They had a little counter going like, oh, he's like halfway to Chris Davis. Oh, he's like, you know, this close to like, and they'd like mark it like every time. So, I mean, you know, I feel bad for Polka, but I thought that was a pretty funny. So shout out to the Sox side boys on Twitter for keeping track of that. When you're a Sox fan, you find humor in all the shitty things of White Sox baseball. So <laughs> that's Miss, awesome. That's right. All right, moving on. Jose Abreu started hot in Kansas City. He had those two home runs in the opening series. He has since somewhat fizzled out. He's hitting 188 on the season, 284 OBP with a 469 slugging. That makes for a OPS of below 700, so not too hot. Uh, He has three home runs, actually just above 700. He has three home runs, 10 RBIs, eight walks, but the alarming stat to me is the 22 strikeouts that he already has through 17 games. Um... Obviously, I had talked about it very briefly on Sean and Maya. I don't know if anybody had heard it, but Jose Abreu is one of those guys that he likes to swing at the slider. And he gets caught swinging at sliders low and away more often than not, I feel like. I mean, that's just me. But, yeah, so he needs to get that strikeout number down and the uh, batting uh, average up and... We'll be good because a lot of people have been asking us, are we going to extend Jose Abreu? You know, like what's going to happen with Jose Abreu? If he's putting up numbers like that, not a whole fucking lot. So that was who's hot and who's not with Shy Sox Weekly. Moving on, we got um, the eye on our opponents moving forward. So I'll let Tony go ahead and bring that part in. The eye on opponents, the winnable games ahead. All right. So the Sox are going to do a four-game stand in Detroit, lovely Detroit. Um, I know how Johnny and I feel about Detroit, um, just from a hockey standpoint. Four Feathers reference here, Detroit sucks. Detroit sucks. No, fuck the Red Wings. I don't even like hockey, and I know the Red Wings suck. <laughs> we, we, we like to cross, uh, cross-reference our other, uh, our other podcasts here in the ONTAP Sports Network. Um, Detroit sucks. So we got Thursday. Uh, that's tomorrow. The day that, Well, actually, it's going to be the day that this releases. Uh, 12-10 start. It's going to be Nova versus Norris. Um, if Nova pitches like he's been pitching, um, the Sox will uh, probably get to the, about the eighth inning without giving up a run and then somehow screw that one up. Um, <laughs> That'll be fun. Friday, it's going to be uh, Carlos Rodon versus Ross. It's a 6-10 start. I, I don't know about you guys, but these these East Coast games really screw me up. 6-10 um, start. Everybody's just still getting home from work. Um, and uh, I, I could see that one being a win. Um, Carlos Rodon, I, I, I think that he's going to start to put together a good stretch of games here. And then, uh, Saturday and Sunday, both 12, 10 starts. Saturday is going to be Santana versus Zimmerman. And then, uh, Sunday we'll see, uh, Lopez again versus Boyd. Um, early prediction here. I think they split this series two and two. Let's just go quick hit round table. Uh, what do you guys think out of that series record wise? I honestly think three to one, the only loss being that Santana Zimmerman start, Realistically, I think Raylo is going to find it on Sunday. So I'm, I don't know. I'm just going to keep saying that all year until he figures it the fuck out. Buzz? But yeah, not high on Irvin Santana. Um, yeah, I'm going to actually go, I'm going to go, uh, split series with you here, Tone, two and two. Um, I am not, you know, 100% sold on, um, on Raylo yet. I think that, uh, 
he needs to string it a little bit more together, get a couple consistent starts out of him. But I, I think two and two is is uh is fair. And then as far as Irvin Santana, he's going to let up 95 home runs in the game that he pitches in. So uh, you know, wait for that. And that's James Shields. Um, <laughs> I am. I'm, I'm going to go uh, three and one here. Uh, I could see it. Detroit for me. Uh, what I look at is they're dead last in run scored. I know ours haven't been all that great, but we're better than that. Uh, we scored, you know, a little over 70 runs, I believe, on the year. Yeah, 74 uh, runs, I believe. And, yeah, granted. So Detroit is fifth in the MLB and team ERA at 3.08. But uh, if you get some decent weather up there, I feel like those bats could come to life. You got Yohan Moncada tearing it up. I would expect him to continue that trend. Tim Anderson isn't showing any signs of slowing down. And my boy Jose is coming back big way this weekend. That's my prediction. Perfect. Yeah, love it. Awesome. Three and one. So after that, the Sox are on to Baltimore. Um, arguably the worst team in baseball. Um, Monday, we got a 605. That might be the Red Sox. What'd you say? I said that might be the Red Sox. Well, you know, uh, I think Baltimore might have them there. I think Baltimore. Honestly, Baltimore beat them in a series this past weekend, and the only reason I know that is because I'm a big better guy now, and I bet on the Red Sox (laughs) every single fucking day, and they lost me every single parlay I made this weekend. Carry on. Shy Sox Janda, not a good look right there for Shy Sox Janda. I'm a big better guy now. Are you degenerate? I'm a big better guy now. I'm a let's, big degenerate guy. Actually, now. let's get into that for a second now, Janda. Um, I'm a big better guy. Sounds like a good T-shirt idea just for yourself. I just want to. I want to see you walking in. I know you talked about wearing some purple. How do you jersey. spell better? O R E R. I don't know. Oh, I, I want to say really Bettor, so Bet-tor. I'm going to go O-R. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you're a big Bettor guy. He needs a shirt that just says, I'm a big Bettor guy. <laughs> anyway, moving on uh, to the uh, moving on to the Orioles series. We got uh, Giolito versus Hess on that Monday game. Uh, we'll, see if G- we'll see if Giolito actually starts that game. Um, Tuesday, another 6.05 start. Actually, all of these are 6.05 starts. Uh, it's going to be Nolan Good. versus Kashner. And then uh, closing it out on Wednesday, we've got Carlos Rodon versus Alex Cobb. Um, I'm actually going to go 2-1 and one here. Um, the only one I actually think that they'll lose again is the Nova Star, just off the track record. Um, depending on who's going to pitch for Giolito, and even if he's in that game, I still think that they win that one. And then Rodon versus Cobb, I, I think they win that one too. Let's go roundtable just like we did on the last series. And uh, what do you guys got for this one? Yeah, so um, the White Sox, I believe, don't – I mean, I don't know. This is off the top of my head. Don't have the best head-to-head record versus Baltimore over the last couple of years because I always feel like we should beat them, and we never – I never feel like we come through like I feel like we should. So that one is going to be a series drop to me, as pessimistic as that sounds. I honestly think the Sox are probably going to win – the Rodon Alex Cobb finale, but I think they're going to drop those first two games in rather ugly fashion. Um, I'm still looking to see if I mean I would I hope he wouldn't because that would make no sense. But I'm still looking to see if anybody gets suspended from that altercation today. I doubt it's going to happen. But if Tim Anderson has to miss a game or two, but yeah, I don't think that the bullpen is going to figure it out anytime soon and the Orioles seem like they're scoring runs late this year so that is something to definitely look out for but other than that I, yeah like I said one out of three 
So I went positive last series. We are still the White Sox. So I'm going to go with John. We go one and two there. Um, Baltimore has not been as terrible as everyone thought they were going to be. I know they're taking advantage of a Red Sox team that is kind of in a World Series hangover right now. Uh, They've played them a couple of series and done some damage against them. I think they won like eight to one on Monday. Um, so I, I just see that happening. It would be that so White Sox of the White Sox to go three and one over the weekend at Detroit and then drop two of three to Baltimore. So that will be my official prediction. Two and one, two and one against Baltimore. Um, they're going to split the series with Detroit, come out against Baltimore, get another two wins, four and six. Or I'm sorry. That, that was, that was really stupid. There's going to be four wins in, uh, Four wins in what is that? Seven five, games, right? Uh, yeah, three losses. Four and, four and three. Yeah, I'm bad. I'm bad at math. Yeah, four. That's eight. That's what honestly. That's what Johnny and I have both gotten out of the seven game stretch is a four and three. If my math's correct on that, so Tone, bring it home. Four and three is what we're looking at. Uh, I'm pretty sure I gave my predictions already, and I came in with uh, with the four and three as well. So I <laughs> thought I started. My bad. Okay, so um, I think that's about it for the first half of this show. Um, I think we're going to head over to two an thirds. ad read. Yep, two-thirds, I would say, of this show. We're going to head over to an ad break. When we get back, we've got Quick Hits, the return of Quick Hits. We're going to put Buzz on the hot seat. Uh, he's going to go through the Quick Hits, and then after that, we're going to come back and do some Twitter questions. we got a few questions from some of you out there on the Twitter.com. We're going to address those, and then we'll close it out here for Shy Sox Weekly Episode 35, and we'll be back. episode 35 of shy socks weekly the frank thomas episode it's me it's john suarez it's tony marchese and we've got brad squires on the call buzz and we are going to put them on the quick hit hot stove right now so uh john take it away with the questions and brad welcome to quick hits all right, Buzz. So Quick Hits was something that had originated when Shy Sox Weekly was just Tony and myself. Uh, basically, what it used to be is it's just a rundown of questions that it may be pop culture, it may be White Sox related, food related 100%. So whatever it may be, you just got to answer whatever question I ask you as quickly as possible. You got me? Oh, I feel you. All right, let's roll. So Quick Hits for Buzz. Here we go. We're going to start you off with a hot question. We got Paul Canerico or Frank Thomas? Frank Thomas. What's your favorite baseball movie of all time? Ooh, Sandlot. Bobby Jenks or Shingo Takatsu? Bobby Jenks. What's your favorite food to eat when you go to the ballpark? Mm, hot dog. Miller Light or Bud Light? I think you. I Miller Light. Miller Light. Yeah. I'm not young like you anymore. I can't. I can't do Bud Light. Favorite Sox game that you've ever been to? <laughs> um, favorite Sox game I was ever at in my life. Uh, 2006, I believe. Um. My dad, my dad doesn't go to a lot of Sox games. So I went with my dad. Um, it was back to back to back home runs. Um, uh, Paul Konerko, I know, hit one. Chris Widger, if you guys remember him, I believe he hit one in there. Um, I can't remember. And Tahito Gucci, I think, hit the other one. 
Yeah, it was something like that. Back to back to back jacks. It was pretty sweet Yankees game when I was young. What topping do you put on your hot dog? Mustard, relish, no sport uh, peppers. I mean, into well, are you talking about like if I'm making one at home, I only have mustard and relish here. I don't, I don't carry peppers in my fridge. We got ourselves a mustard relish guy. All right, uh, Ken Griffey Jr. or Manny Ramirez? Ooh, Manny Ramirez because of MVP baseball. Favorite team besides the White Sox? Don't have one. Do you like Malort? Uh, what do I like Malort? No, I don't like Malort. Favorite frozen Wrong. pizza brand? Oh man, um, now because I spoil myself a little bit, uh, Red Dish. Baron. But growing up, it was Tombstone. Yoan Mankata or Eloy Jimenez? Yoan Mankata. Who is by far your favorite White Sox Twitter follow? Let's hear it. Favorite White Sox Twitter follow? Oh man, I think I think Treasy E. He gave okay. me a shout out on the from the 108 uh sunday soak so i gotta give him a shout out uh i love Treasy; he cracks me up yeah the 108 guys are huge fans of the show and we love the 108 they're awesome so that's gonna bring us to our very last question which i think we already all know the answer to favorite website to get your sports news from <laughs> um on tapsportsnet.com say less all right and that was quick hits with brad squires other known as buzz from on tap sports network Thank you so much, Buzz. We appreciate that. Oh, you're so welcome, my friend. So I'm dying over here. I'm absolutely <laughs> dying over here because I know I know we all love the 108, and <laughs> I just want to. I'm I'm actually going to call it out. I know we don't want it on the air, but but John wants to issue an apology, a public <laughs> apology, to a specific member of the 108. All right, all right. If you're going to bring it up, then the floor is mine. So I went. To the White Sox first Saturday home game against the Mariners. We've talked about it plenty, so I don't need to go into detail. It was our first tailgate. Um, I brought a group of my buddies out. We had a bunch of fun at the park, and I made an absolute fool of myself because I was telling Brad I hadn't drank in like three to maybe even four weeks because I had a super bad kidney infection in March. So I was on antibiotics for 10 days and I just didn't even want to drink after that. So I was on like a almost month straight. Honest to God, I think the last time I drank was at the Sox Fest after party at Buffalo Wings and I'm not even kidding. So I had gone on a very long dry spell and consumed quite a bit of liquor. So I first want to formally apologize to Section 108 for my buddies told me, I don't, I have zero recollection of this. So I do, I want to personally apologize to Cherizi and Beef Loaf, Beef Loaf especially, because apparently I, Shy Sox Chanda loving his Modelo, went and grabbed a beautiful, tall, 16-ounce Modelo from the Goose Island and moseyed my way on down to Section 108 and slipped going down the stairs and spilled at least half a beer on our guys, the 108, like a total asshole would. Don't know if I apologized then and there. I hope I did. I hope I didn't make too much of a fool of myself. I honestly didn't even want to talk about this, but I guess it's decent content. And I know at this point, the 108 guys are probably listening, so I do apologize. I'm going to definitely make it back there to make amends. I'm going to buy My Sox Summer, Cherizi, and Beef Loaf a beer of their choice at the next game I go to because I honestly, I feel terrible. Like I said, I don't know if I apologized when everything went down, so this is me 100% apologizing. Like I just said, we do love you guys. You have helped us 
Yeah, I apologize, guys. You guys are the shit. Like Tony had said, we have plenty love for you, and we appreciate every single thing that you guys have done for us. But yeah, I'm sorry, guys. Please and, accept and that, this apology uh, yeah. for Chai Sox Janda because he literally just poured his heart out so I bad. They've out. done so much for me. I'm sorry. I spilled beer on you. Beer on you, literally. Like I blacked <laughs> out. I don't know if I was an asshole. You never even know. I, I apparently I went down there by myself. My girlfriend was with me for a little bit, but I brought like a group of eight people and they said that I was so belligerent that they didn't even want a part of me. Like they were just like, yeah, you want to go down there so bad, go down there. And yeah, that's what happened. So yeah, you kept so that, me. So I don't know what that, that would you, is. If that's belligerent in your friend's eyes. I, I dug it. So, hey. so well, that yeah, concludes a segment called not a good look for shy sex. John which is going to be a new, Oh, that's not even the best part. So the best part is when we were leaving the park, I had the shy Sox weekly flag. I waited outside of the round tunnel, like the round, uh, the thing that tells everybody to go down. Tony, I don't even think I've told you this yet. You could edit it out if you want. I was standing outside saying like, Shy Sox Weekly, follow us on Twitter, best Shy Sox content that you can get, blah, blah, blah. Like literally like repeating this like two sentence thing, just trying to get followers. I don't think a single person followed us that day, so it did not work. All I, I did was embarrass myself. Yeah, there's probably about yeah. five people that unfollowed <laughs> that us. Unfollowed oh, us I can't that deal day. with this anymore. Yeah, yeah exactly. We, like, we all apologize this... on behalf of Shy Sox, Jenda. Again, honestly, Tony, you need to apologize on behalf of your wife because I, you eliminate those jealous shots out of my day, and I'm probably at least a little coherent. Oh, jeez. All right, <laughs> but no, Jen's awesome. I love your wife. I love your family. So I, I don't mean that. In an asshole way, but there he is apologizing again. There he is apologizing I'm gonna, again. I'm gonna be on an apology spree, dude. That's what that's what my behavior has gotten me. So I'm gonna make a it t-shirt that's saying I was on Chai Sox Weekly when Jonda apologized. <laughs> oh God! All right, let's get to some of these Twitter questions that uh, that John has solicited for us to answer. That's gonna be the last topic and segment that we have today. Um, let's go round table on some of these real quick here. Our guy, White Sox Sale. Um, never fails to ask us a question, so we're putting him at the top. Is Tim Anderson's swagger being wasted? I'm going to answer real quick first. I would say no. Uh, Tim Anderson's swagger is not being wasted. I love Tim Anderson's swagger at any time of day, any ball game, any year. They're not wasting it. Tim Anderson's the man, um, and I think that he makes this team interesting right now. Uh, let's go Johnny John and then Buzz. We need uh, someone with an attitude like that. I I think Tony's sentiment earlier in the episode, um, when he had said that it gives his team personality, I think that is the perfect way to answer this question. So, no, I don't think it's being wasted, and I would like to see that uh, be infectious towards other members of the White Sox. Yes, I'm going to keep it brief. Um, I don't think his swagger is necessarily being wasted sale, but I do feel like Tim Anderson is in a league of his own swagger-wise, quote-unquote. He is literally like, if I wasn't a White Sox fan, I would want Tim Anderson on the White Sox because he is an electric factory. That dude is the man. So, yeah, Tim Anderson, I'm a huge Tim Anderson fan, but I don't feel like his swagger is, quote-unquote, being wasted. But that is a great question, sale. so thanks for asking. Uh, establishing a culture in a young uh, clubhouse is very important. Tim Anderson with his swagger, uh, demeanor, and him just being an all-around bad dude, it's a good thing, man. It's a good thing for the clubhouse, a good thing for the young players to know that you should stick up for yourself, and uh, it's, it's, it's good to have fun playing baseball. So I think he's very important 
that he keeps up what he's doing to uh, help the younger talent within the clubhouse. Perfect answers, guys. Let's get to at David underscore Floss. He wants to know how big of a bitch is Brad Keller. Um, I'm going to go right off here and say I, I don't think he's a bitch. I mean, just throwing at another player after somebody pimps a home run off, uh, off of you. Um, I'm just going to go back to say Hawk Harrelson would have loved for any of our players to go after and, and, and throw at somebody. Um, you know, that's baseball. That's old school baseball. Um, I don't think that makes you a bitch. Um, you know, I, I love that action. I love that kind of intensity in a baseball game. Um, not gonna, not gonna apologize for it. That, that makes baseball interesting. We talk about hockey. Uh, we like to see guys ho- uh, fighting hockey. Hockey fights are cool and tough, as we like to say. Yes. Four feathers. Um, a little shout out right there. Johnny, I'm going to leave you with that right there. Yes. Thank you, Tony. I was just going to say that, you know, Benetti likes to go on his little rant and he's the modern, the face of the modern baseball face, the PC response, the beat everyone, be better, do better. You know what? This is shy Sox weekly. I can say what I want. Um, I love this kind of stuff. I love benches clearing brawls. I tweeted that today. They're cool and tough. It's awesome. Old school baseball makes it sweet, makes it fun to watch, instills rivalries to teams that are kind of, you know, eh, sitting in the lower bottom half of the league there. Um, it, it gives it makes it something interesting. Um, so, I, you know, I, I don't think I, I you know, I, I think what Tony has said about Hawk, uh, sure, maybe old school meatball take, but I love it. You're sticking up for your teammates. That's what that tells me. So I don't think Brad Killer is a bitch. Yeah, so I'm going to actually have to go ahead and agree with the guys on their responses before. I honestly don't think that makes Brad Keller the bitch. Who I really think the bitch in this situation is, is I don't even know his first name, but Phil Meyer on the Royals. And if you guys want a bit of an idea of this, um, John Boy, J-O-M-M, like M&M's, Boy underscore, made of hilarious, like, he basically what he's doing is commentating the fight on his Twitter and it's this like Yankees podcaster, so obviously he has no affiliation whatsoever. But he took like the Sox side and Tim Anderson side, and his commentary is hilarious. An exact quote from it says, "We got this dude, Phil Meyer on the Royals. I don't even know who this guy was, but he's the biggest loser in baseball now." Like that says it's. If you go back and watch the video, this dude's literally walking around like being that like he he's probably a rich kid growing up. He's just doing like the little claps, walking around like, oh yeah, keep talking, keep talking. Like, and I don't even think the dude's seen an inning this year. He might he might have seen a few, but yeah, he came off the bench and he's a pitcher, so that's not a good sign. So that's the real bitch in the situation. But I'm gonna go ahead and slide that back over to you. Uh, definitely no, not a bitch. Um, maybe an idiot. Me and my old man, as we were watching that happen and unfold today, um, we, we just laughed and said, you know, if I would have got beaned with a ball, just like a moron to throw a, a ball at a dude that's got a bat. No, too bad Tim didn't go up there and take the dude out with the bat. But, no, I do agree with you guys. Well, I kid, I kid. I do agree with, agree with you guys that it is uh, – What? how did you say it, Johnny Nani? It's cool and tough. Yeah, that's the thing. Hockey yeah. fights, uh, benches cool clearing brawls, it all is. It makes the sport entertaining, makes it fun. That's right. What, that's that's my thing. I'm not trying to be a meatball take here. I know you know you can get like the PC crowd that'll go after you for that, but that's that's my only thing on that. Hey, yeah, it makes it, it makes sports entertaining. Here's my here's my little take on this. This is probably better suited Johnny on four feathers. But if if we are entertained by a sport like MMA, and even the WWE, I know Buzz, you're a WWE guy. I'm an MMA guy too, man. Why? Why are we sitting here trying to take the energy out of sports like hockey and baseball when we've got benches clearing? 
when you see a hockey fight, you know, you get this whole crowd, especially out there on social media, that go and immediately try and shut it down as this is bad for the sport. We literally have sports out there that are 100% based around the entertainment of watching a fight happen. Human nature just tells you that, I mean, that's something that's exciting. That's why we like to say it's cool and tough. It's kind of a little bit of a, a satirical, uh, satirical uh, take on, on just a fight happening itself. But, you know, the more energy, and Johnny, I think you put it best, the more energy you inject into a baseball game, into a rivalry, that makes people want to watch. If two teams hate each other, it makes you want to watch that game. I'd rather watch the Sox play the Royals now versus the Sox play Detroit because you know in those Royals games you're going to get energy for the rest of this year. Um, that makes especially interdivisional games that you play all the time even more meaningful. It draws the common fan. It draws out you know emotion, and that's what you want to see. You want to see a playoff atmosphere that makes people excited. So I'm I'm sorry for all those people who say hey, you know there's no there's no place for this. There's absolutely a place for it. Intensity sells, especially in sports. So I mean I I love that. Let's get on to the next question. Um, David Ruiz at writing David should baseball's unwritten rules go away? No, I don't think baseball's unwritten rules should go away. Um, I love the old school game. But at the same point in time, I mean, this goes right back into the same thing. You break an unwritten rule, let's have some intensity. Let's have a debate on the middle of the field. Let's get the benches clearing. Um, I love the whole aspect of making baseball fun. Let's let's bat flip, but let's piss the other team off with it. If flipping your bat is just acceptable, I feel like it loses its meaning. People like Tim Anderson who go out there and, and, and flip the bat – piss the other team off i like that it pisses the other team off i like that there's an unwritten rule and that you're breaking it it makes it edgy it makes it cool again it's cool and tough i mean this is the same topic all over again (laughs) so i'm just gonna send it right back down through the line keep the unwritten rules keep breaking them yeah no that's that's a really good take tony i like that i like the way you worded that uh i think i'd mentioned it a little bit earlier in the episode and this may now sound contradictory to uh my answer to the last question when i had gone on that rant there um introducing that uh, you know, something about the entertainment value behind all of that. I think they are just kind of fading a little bit. It's not as hard line as it used to be. So it, as long as it lingers, I think that's okay. I don't think they should go away completely. But, um, I mean, you're seeing it be a little more lax. Guys are doing that. You got minor league guys who hit a walk-off home run, and they're standing in the box for, you know, five seconds before they even take a step towards first base. I think that's fine. Um, and then I also like Tony's take of where eh, maybe you get a re- little retaliation. Um, so, uh, you know, call it call it uh, you're asking for someone to get hurt. Call it this and that. But these guys are competitors. They're warriors. They're going to battle against each other. So let the boys play. They say, oh, let the kids play. That's what the MLB Cup Fours thing. Uh, their big social media push. Let the kids play. Let them have fun. Let them do this and that. Eh, well, I agree with that. Let them do that, and then let the other team respond how they may. That's what I have to say about it. Yeah, no. I am – I mean, you guys seem like you both kind of have similar opinions on it, so I would have to say the same. I, I am one for the unwritten rules in baseball, and just like Tony said, it's just a matter of working your way around them. And, you know, I mean, I like – the scuffles that baseball brings, you know, when Yasiel Puig was about to take on the Pittsburgh Pirates by himself last week, that is like an all-time screensaver if I'm a Reds fan. It's just Yasiel Puig standing on home plate 
with a bunch of gray, yellow, and black around him and not a single one of his teammates. Like, you could easily meme it. There's plenty of content to be created from brawls. We could have literally had a whole episode, I mean, of the benches just clearing alone. And like I said, uh, John Boy had made this tweet. Tim Anderson since then has quoted the tweet and said, you the goat, John Boy. So even he had seen the tweet. So, I mean, the unwritten rules in baseball keep excitement in baseball. So I don't think it's time to get rid of them. I just think it's time that we stop having a stick up our ass about them. We're not old school like we used to be in terms of stuff like that. So, I mean, I love seeing bat flips. I love seeing guys have swag on the field. So I'm never going to be against any of that yeah i guess the unwritten the unwritten rules definitely should stick around but people need to stop being such pricks about it um yeah uh word i agree with everything that y'all said i don't need to to um you know piggyback off that i leave the unwritten rules just uh learn how to cope and adapt so i dig it this next one made me laugh a little bit yeah, the next one's really good. This is from a new account on Twitter. This is Moncada's headband. Oh my god. Uh, you gotta be shitting me. There's man. an account Wait, there's for like, everything. There, there is an account for yes, everything on Twitter. You always red gloves. It's probably you always red batting gloves. I would, you, you know what? I, I heard Benetti. I heard Benetti say something yeah, about he this. Did and and, on and it. he this guy that made Mancada's headband has been mentioned on live TV before any of us who pour our heart and souls into this, but didn't make a Twitter that said Mankata's headband. Hey, maybe it is one of us. You never know. Hey, you some, some serious burner account action going. <laughs> you know, those are all those burner accounts that, that voted against Brian Billick in the, uh, in the one away tournament. <laughs> um, oh, fuck. We're off the rails here. Um, Mankata's oh, headband wants to know if he's the biggest reason that Yones had a breakout season this far. I'm going to say no. Moncada's headband is not the reason he's had the biggest breakout season. I'm going to go back to an old guest on Shysex Weekly. Justin Havens is the reason that Moncada's had a breakout season. Justin Havens trading Moncada to me. I asked him about it in the preseason. Do you regret trading me, Moncada? He says no. I think he says yes now. Uh, I hope he listens to this. He probably won't, but that's the reason that Moncada's having a breakout year. I'm going to pass it along. Yoan Moncada going to Glendale, Arizona in November to work on every aspect of his game is why he's having a breakout season. So that's the answer. But the headband helps his swag, helps his drip. It's cool and tough. Yes. Yeah. Honestly, I don't even need to answer. I don't even have yeah, no, it's you're cool good. and tough t-shirts out by the end of this episode. <laughs> what just Mankata is just like a silhouette of Mankata with like all black with the white headband. Say less. Nobody steal that. We're we're on the we're copywriting it right now. Um, I I do not believe that the headband is uh, the sole reason that he has been playing really great. I do want to say, however, I love the shots being thrown by the Chai Sox weekly crew. I feel like a little bit of a bad influence on your guys's podcast because that's all me and Juice did was rip on people on the outcasts. So uh, I, I I like what I'm seeing right now. I I mean I like it so much. What you just said, I might need to share a Jello shot with you. <laughs> Take that toothpick. Oh, hey, Jen, that hey, Jen's right down the middle. Jen's Jello shots might be a staple of Shy Sox weekly tailgates going forward. I don't know if we can have one without it at this point. Um, May sixteenth. It's tradition. Bobby, as long as you hand 15. me half of it with, with your hand. Ooh. Oh hell yeah! Just force feed it to me. <laughs> Next question, Tony. <laughs> 
All right, uh, where did we leave off here? We got Jordan Miller at Millsman89. Despite the sluggish start, are we re-signing Abreu, or is he another prospect flip? Um, I don't mm. I don't know the answer to this. I really don't, mm. because I'm not in I Rickon's do. mind. Um, I can't even answer this one. I could see this going either way, so I'll just pass it right on. I'm going to say uh, he's not a prospect flip. I do think they re-sign him to an extension at some point this season. I'd said that before the season. I am going to stick to it. That's my answer. If Jose Abreu gets flipped for prospects, I'm going to rip my hair out. First of all, because the first base market is jack shit, so the prospects that we would get in the hall would be nothing, slim to nothing. And I don't know. I just really like the leadership that Jose Abreu provides for the White Sox, especially now that you the like James Shields is gone. I'm pretty sure Jose Abreu is one of the oldest guys on the Sox at this point. You might have a couple pitchers here and there, Irvin Santana probably. but Nate Jones. Nate Jones, too. But, well, I mean, age-wise, they're probably pretty close. In terms of service time, yeah, yeah. in terms of service time, Nate Jones got him beat. But in terms of age, Abreu, like, he's pretty old, dude. So he definitely provides that veteran voice that the Sox desperately need with this young court. Like, you just saw it firsthand today, him essentially trying to keep Tim Anderson from getting kicked out of the game single-handedly. Didn't really work, but that's because Joe West. But... I don't know. Yeah, I'm honestly just because Abreu is having a down start to the year doesn't really mean much to me because Abreu, in terms of April and May, has never been too hot, anyways. So once the weather heats up, Jose Abreu will hopefully heat up too. And I'm honestly hoping he gets a contract extension that is team friendly, which would be more beneficial for both sides. All right. So when you guys were asking the question, I had poor connection. Repeat the question, please. <laughs> Just Such in a the shy dark. Sox Weekly answer. That's so shy Sox Weekly. Is that, Johnny, yeah, I'm serious, moving serious. on to the next question. No, I'm just yeah, moving on uh, to the, the next question. question. Are we going to resign Abreu is what we're talking um, about. I, I hope so. I hope it's for a team-friendly deal, which I'm sure it will be. Um, very kind good for, for you, the young players. Your, the second part of it was, or are we going to flip him for prospects? No, yeah. I, I think we're done with that prospect shit. I think you got to keep some, uh, you got to keep some, you know, established talent and uh, help them mold the younger players, so. Um, yeah, that's, that's what I got. Perfect. We'll move it on to the next one. This is Colby law at Colby law. Who should the white Sox bring up in place of Polka? Uh, I think somebody, uh, earlier this episode, it was probably John, uh, said, uh, Ryan Cordell's coming back up. Um, that's who I'm going with here. Um, but I'll toss it on to you guys to debate that one. Ryan Cordell. Um, I'm sorry. I like Nikki Delmonico as a person. Good guy. He is a quadruple A player, and you know the definition of that. That is what Nicky Delmonico is. He had a short burst in 2017. He's not the answer here, as I've heard from some other members of White Sox Twitter. So, Ryan Cordell. Yeah, I, it was me that mentioned it earlier, Tone. So, obviously, you guys already know my answer. Um, Ryan Cordell, I was honestly mad that he got sent down when he did get sent down. Same with Carson Fulmer. We never really touched on that. Sorry about the burp. Just kind of nonchalantly threw it in there. But, yeah, Ryan Cordell had a clutch home run against the Indians in the one game that we were talking about with Ivan Nova's start prior. See, you guys are laughing. That's good content. But, uh yeah, I don't know. I was I was pissed that they sent Cordell down in the first place. I would have preferred to replace Palka's at bats with Cordell at the beginning since the beginning of the season, based off um can't even think of the word I'm saying for progress or uh I can't I literally can't think of the word. Someone help me. 
is a uh, development. <laughs> oh All right, and honestly, I'm doing the potty dance. That's why I'm losing my train of thought. So I'm running to the bathroom. I'll be right back for the last question. Take it away, Buzz. <laughs> okay. Um. Uh. Yeah. Not. I think Lou Bob should definitely come up, but it's gonna be Ryan Cordell, and I'm totally fine with that. Ryan Cordell had a. Uh, he had a homer this year, didn't he, Nani? Yeah, he hit one in that uh, game at Cleveland that we blew. That's right. Yeah, I mean, you know, the kid, the kid's good in the field. I mean, he could swing the bat decently. Ryan Cordell wouldn't be a bad one. Short term, I think Paul is coming back up at some point, but I would say short term, Ryan Cordell. Yeah, short term, Ryan Cordell doesn't bother me here. Um, I would like to see Polka figure it out in short order. I don't think we see Lou Bob early at all this we're year. We're not going. No, we're not. We're going not going. We're not going to at all. That was just a. That was just a joke. Yeah. So, so Jonda's taking a bathroom break here, and the next question is only directed at Jonda. So once he gets back, we're going to ask him this question. Here he is. Oh, I'm he's, here. He's Let's right try. back. Uh, the last question is only directed for you, Jonda. It so was geared to me, wasn't it? Yep. Yeah, it's it's probably. DJ Mustard, our own blogger here. Um, he wants to know how many more hot dogs that he can eat than you in the course of a nine-inning game. So I'm going to let All you right. finish that question off, answer, and then we are going to close it out here for Shy Sox Weekly, episode 35. All right, I'm not going to lie. I met DJ twice now. He is an outstanding guy. He provides great content for us for Shy Sox Weekly. But he's barking up the wrong tree thinking that he can beat me in a hot dog eating contest. So a bit of a funnier story from the Sox game that I was at the last time I was there. I have at least four different debit card statements from me purchasing hot dogs at the White Sox game on non-dollar dog day. I think I bought five. So five hot dogs on a non-dollar dog day. You're about to meet your faker on a dollar dog day. I'll buy five off the rip. So it's it's bad news bears when it comes down to me eating food. I binge eat. So if I am prepared to eat a lot, I'm going to eat a lot. So especially if I got beer in my system, I get hungry. So we'll see how that goes. Obviously, I didn't have the hottest showing. Some people may know about my hot dog challenge that I did when I went to the Northwestern game. Buzz, I don't know if you're familiar with this, but my buddy took me to a Northwestern Georgia Tech basketball game this past fall. And I had Wilson club seats where it's basically this, like it's all the high rollers for like Northwestern fans, like all the fucking alumni and shit. I literally sat like a row down from Doug Collins. So basically they have this, they had this like brisket buffet and I just maxed out. I'm like brisket, mac and cheese, mashed potatoes, green beans, like all this shit. And then this lady comes up to us. She's like, yeah, so there's a hot dog buffet over there. So I like post this tweet. I'm like, how many hot dogs do you think I can eat over the course of this Northwestern game? I think I had like four. Wasn't a hot, wasn't a hot stat. But the second hot dog I had, I put a shit ton of stuff. I put like mustard, onions, relish, sport peppers, fucking celery salt, the whole work. If I'm eating hot dogs at the park and it's a contest, I'm eating nothing but dog and bun. I might even be dipping my dog in my water Kobayashi style. You better watch yourself, Terry. I'm coming for you. All hot right. takes in there from Shy Sox. Jonda, he is coming for no DJ Mustard. No one Jonda at putting weenies in their mouth. Oh, that's hey, I'm a big weenie, guys. Way off the rails here. Hey, right, you know guys. who has good wieners is Kmart. Oh, geez. <laughs> Kmart, White Sox, Dave, a.k.a. Shy Sox, Jonda. I'm expecting a Twitter handle change tomorrow from Jonda. He will hate me, dude. If it's not, if, if Jonda's handle is not at Kmart WSD by tomorrow, um, we've got a problem. Yeah, we're going right. to have a revolt here. All right, guys. <laughs> um, let's cheers it to ONTAP Sportsnet. 
it's been a fun episode of Shy Sox Weekly. We haven't done this in a while. We're going to get these back to weekly um, as we go on. A uh, few shameless plugs here. Um, ONTAP Sportsnet has a bunch of different podcasts for you guys. Um, there's probably not any Cubs fans listening to this. If you are, follow at Northside9. Uh, that's the number nine. They are a Cubs podcast. I've got that plug out of the way. Um, Blackhawks content at Four Feathers Pod. And then uh, additional White Sox content. All of us are going to be on this show that you hear on Shy Sox Weekly. This is Sox on Tap. This is going to be a really fun thing. We referenced it earlier in the episode. Breaking down every game, post game, as we can. Um, it's going to be hitting you guys at least four or five times a week, I would say. Uh, Buzz and I have done one. Johnny and I have done one. I'm sure Jonda and I will do one. I'm sure there will be a mix of, of different hosts across this time. Um, follow Socks on Tap at Socks on Tap on Twitter. Uh, you'll be getting daily, uh, daily podcasts out of there. It'll be coming to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, all the places you can get podcasts soon. Um, and then, of course, follow at On Tap Sports Net on Twitter. That's our new place where you can find all of our blogs, everything content Chicago sports wise. Guys, do you have anything else to close this episode out with? I do. I do. Um, one more thing about On Tap Sports Net is that Juice went on Sean Amaya today and released the name of the new show. It will be Chai On Tap. It will no longer be The Outcast, but it'll be Chai On Tap with Buzz and Juice. So it's going to be a new formatted show, kind of like PTI. Except me and Juice are just going to talk strictly Chicago sports, have a timer, go at it for about 40 minutes, and uh, yeah, try to be as interactive as a show as we possibly can be. So that'll be Chai on Tap with Buzz and Juice, and that should be starting up in about two weeks exclusively on the On Tap Network. So, And how often do you think you guys will be trying to push uh, content out, you think? Oh, we're once a week. We'll go back right to once a week. Sweet. Uh, awesome. Yeah, so we'll be right back to once a week, probably most likely recording Thursdays. So, um, Well, you heard it on Sean and Maya first, and you heard it here second. Buzz and Juice are coming back with a vengeance. Um, shy on tap. I'm looking forward to listening to you guys you know, and expanding this on tap sports network. Uh, we got some sponsorship opportunities coming up that we're going to look into. So we got the ball rolling on this. So we appreciate anybody that is still tuned into Shy Sox Weekly at this point because you guys are the real lifers that have supported us to this point because we couldn't do it without you guys. So thank you again, Tone. Thank you, Johnny. Thank you, Buzz. You guys have been great um, for doing most of the legwork on everything on tap sports not related. I mean, there's other guys that are putting in work, whatnot. We got bloggers and we got all that, but you guys are the real ones to thank. So we appreciate everything that you guys are doing. My last thought, uh, piggybacking off of Tony, if you go to the ontapsportsnet.com, there is a place, convenient place. I have them all lined up for podcasts. They will all be embedded there. So you can find all of them in your one-stop shop tab there, and you can listen within the browser. So you don't have to go to those external platforms if you don't want to, but they will be available soon on those if you need them. And then also, if you want to support Chai Sykes Weekly, you want to support ONTAP Sports Network, there is now a shop tab just added recently to the website. You can go and check that out. There are Shy Sox Weekly t-shirts, Sebi's of Train t-shirts, and the ONTAP shirt up available. New merchandise coming soon. That's all I've got, Tone. 
Actually, right. I do want to bring up one last thing. It'll take me two seconds. Um, Johnny and I and potentially somebody else are going to be starting a Big Ten podcast here probably by before the end of the summer. Obviously, we got Shy Sox Weekly to worry about at this point. The White Sox season just barely started. Um, but we do have college content that we're going to be pushing out um, over the next couple of weeks. We got the draft here pretty soon. So we already got some Bears content pushed out which is college-related, so we have it. We, whatever Chicago sports-related, whether it's from the college region to the sh- Chicago professional sports, we are going to have you covered, and we're really excited for the journey that we're about to embark on and have already embarked on, and we've been doing great so far. Like Tony said, three radio appearances, one TV appearances, about to have another TV appearance here coming up, so... We got it. Um, We appreciate you guys once again for listening. And uh, until next time, go White Sox. Let's go White Sox. There we go.